Well, whew, I'm out of breath. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could use a little more water too. That'd be great. Thank you, Kim. <clears throat> Maybe I haven't got my breath back all the way, but that was nice to just let it go and worship a little bit there. Amen. Y'all look really funny, though, let me tell you. <laughs> Y'all waving your hands at me. Well, that's good. Hey, we sometimes need to do those things, you know. Jesus, uh, Paul said the, the foolish things, or the, God uses the foolish things of the world to, to shame the wise. And so uh, I don't mind being a little silly. I'd rather be silly and have something happen than then be dignified and never see God move. I don't know if you need this message now, but I'll go ahead and give it. <laughs> but I want, I want you to go to uh, Matthew chapter 24. should just take a few minutes here. We got really just one main point this morning. Matthew chapter 24, and this is, uh, this is Jesus kind of winding down the end of his uh, ministry before he's killed. Uh, this is just very, very soon before that time. And uh, this is when Jesus talks about the end times. How many of you like hearing about the end times? Okay. How many of you don't? <laughs> So there's a there's a there's a mixture here. Uh, most of you just don't respond. So uh, <laughs> thank you. No, I'm, but I mean, there Jesus does talk about it in times, and so I, I don't think it's something we need to get too focused on. But he does talk about it. It's in the scripture, so we need to be aware of it, and we need to know what what does Jesus say. And so uh, it sure seems like we're getting closer to the end. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, maybe I'm just getting old, but it just—it seems like we're getting closer to the end, and uh, it could happen any time when the Lord could return, and we need to be ready. We need to be ready that He could come at any time, and uh, no matter what you believe on the on the rapture, I won't go into that today to not cause division over something that's not that important. Uh, but uh, whether you believe in the rapture or not, or whatever, we all believe that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back one day. And that fa- that's a fact. That's a fact, Jack, right there. So, and Jesus said uh, right here, so we're going we're gonna to read the scripture. So just kind of with all the turmoil, you know, we got lots of stuff going on in our world. Like, can we go a week without hearing about somebody doing some kind of massacre or, or something? It's... It's very, uh, the onslaught on your mind and heart is, is, is hard. It's difficult. It's easy to get just kind of numb or just like, you know, I don't know. You just pretend it's not there. However you react. You might get angry, uh, you know, and we've got, uh, <laughs> I'll remind you that uh, none of our political candidates are going to get us out of this mess. Uh, I know one of them. Talked like they were the savior of the earth. Thought they were going to cru- crucify and raise him from the dead this week. But uh, 
You know, none of those people are our savior. And they're, they're not the answer. Uh, the, the answer is not Jesus never pointed to the human government and said, yeah, someday that's going to happen and good things are going to happen through that. No, he pretty much worked around it. Uh, he, he pretty much worked through it. And so uh, he said, hey, pay, you know, he said, pay taxes, do all that. But I'm not going to. He wasn't worried about Caesar. He wasn't worried about uh, who the who the who the leaders were in, in Jerusalem at that time. He was worried about what his father was doing. And so I think that's a good reminder that the Father is at work, and I need to be worried about what is the Father doing. I don't need to be worried about what's going on around me and around the world. I need to pray. I need to be aware. I need to intercede. I need to grieve with those who mourn, mourn with those who mourn and, and all that. But I want to know what, what God is up to. And so Jesus here addresses kind of, kind of the end times here, kind of the troubled times. We're living, we are living in some troubled times. Whether this is the actual, you know, generation that Jesus comes back or not, this sure is a troubled time. And so, I believe it is. I believe we're, we're getting pretty close, and we need to be ready. So, Holy Spirit, I invite you to open the Scriptures as we read them this morning. So, Matthew 24, verse, we're going to start with verse 1. The disciples are going to crack you up right away here. <laughs> They're just going to tell you how funny they are. Um, Jesus left the temple... And was walking away when his disciples came up to him and began to call his attention to its buildings. So you get what the disciples are doing. They're like, hey, man, check out the temple, Jesus. This is so awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine that? They're like, man, look at this building we built. Isn't that pretty cool? And Jesus is like, okay, thanks for, thanks for letting me know. Um, so Jesus says, do you see all these things? He said, I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Otherwise, this is not going to last. I, I'm glad you're excited about this beautiful temple, but this is not going to last. So verse 3, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and they said, hey, tell us, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So the disciples, they go, for the, they go for the question, hey, what's it going to be like at the end of the world? You know, everybody wants to know, hey, what's it going to be like? You know, what's, what's the apocalypse going to be like? What's, what's going to happen? And so Jesus answered. He actually does answer them this time. He doesn't say, I'm not going to tell you. He says this. Excuse me. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Christ. And they'll deceive many. Uh, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you need to look to. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. That's a good word to remember right there. See to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. Anybody who's had a baby knows there's a, you know, you begin the beginning stages of labor. Okay, so that's what those are. So then, good news, then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. 
At this point, the disciples are wishing, I wish I didn't ask the question. <laughs> right? You know, like, never mind. Stop. I can't hear you. So there's going to be some persecution that could happen. Brothers and sisters of ours around the world, they read this scripture and they're like, I'm living in that right now. We read it and go, oh no, it might come. They read it and go, Jesus, I'm looking to you. Get me through this. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't say the gospel of salvation. He says the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of salvation is this. Accept Jesus in your heart and you'll go to heaven. The gospel of the kingdom is this, is Jesus is your Lord and Savior. He comes and dwells in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now in your life, it's on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom come, His will be done. You are advancing with the army that's rising up. And we are taking the kingdom, the works of the kingdom. What did Jesus say are the works of the kingdom? You know, the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. The, the good news is preached to the poor. That's the arrival of the kingdom. So it's not just the gospel of salvation. It's the whole gospel, the full gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the power of God being preached in all nations. You know, and here's the deal. Even in denominations that don't believe it, a lot of times they're missionaries, they're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They don't let their headquarters know too much. You know, they're casting out demons. You know, the sick are healed, the dead are raised. Those things happen. It doesn't matter if you're Pentecostal or Baptist or uh, whatever. When they get on the mission field, you know, almost all missionaries are spirit-filled. You'll hear that. And they won't necessarily broadcast that because they don't want to lose their support. And they're, you know, they want to offend people. And that's, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the way it is. Um, they've been called from that body. But the gospel of the kingdom is going forth. So that's good news. It's going to the new nations. It's going to nations that haven't heard before. Right now, there's, there's missionaries that are going to places that have never heard the gospel. They're going there. The deepest, darkest Muslim nations right now, there's the light of Jesus shining. There's people being saved in those nations. There's Muslims turning to Christ like never before on earth. There's never been as many Muslims being saved in our world right now as has there been in, in all of history. It's not making the news, but I'm, I'm hearing about it. It's, you know, and sometimes they can't even tell us all that's going on because of the danger of their life. So, I want us to focus here just on one verse, though. There's a lot we could focus in on there, and I'm not going to go into all of it this morning. Maybe there will be a future time. Um, but I want us to focus in on verse 12 because I think verse 12 is, 
is hugely important for us and how we are to live in troubled times. How we are to live when there's crazy stuff going on around us, whether that's our own world or just the world and nation that we see uh, on the news. And it says this in verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness or lawlessness, could, the word could be translated there, the love of many or most will grow cold. Now here's the deal, the word love there, you have to understand what the word love. In the Bible, there's several different types of word for love. There's phileo, love, which is kind of like br- brotherly love. And then there's a couple others that I'm not thinking of right now. But then there's also the word that you may have heard of is agape love. In other words, that's the unconditional love of God. God's love that he has for us. And then he says, I fill you with agape love so that you can have agape love for one another. In other words, you can have that unconditional love because I have loved you. Because I first loved you, you can you love. Guess what word is here in verse 12? Take a guess. It's agape. So who has the agape love? The people of God. So it says here, because of the increase of wickedness or lawlessness, and I think the, real, the best translation is the love of many will grow cold. And it's not talking about the world. Jesus wasn't talking about those who didn't know what love was yet. Jesus is talking about those who had the agape love, those who had the God love in their heart, but because of the stuff going on around them, they allowed it to put out the fire of their love. Their love grew cold. I think it's, it's, this is, Jesus is giving us a warning He's given us a warning. Hey, when there's a bunch of really bad stuff going on around, that really that's what's going on in our nation. A lot of it is lawlessness. It's just disregard for the law. You know, I mean, anti-police, that's lawlessness. And so we've got all this, this stuff going on. And so, but it says because of the increase of that stuff, That there's going to be some believers, because of that going on, their love is going to grow cold. Their fire is going to begin to die. Their burning passion for God and for others is going to begin to diminish and shrink. You know, there's several ways that a a fire goes out. Um, As I just begin, I begin to think of that picture of a fire. It's interesting that Jesus uses... He uses love growing cold. He doesn't say stops loving or he doesn't say something. So I, I feel like he's really trying to give us the picture of a passionate love. You know, when, when you're passionately, when you first, okay, for those of you that aren't married, I'm sorry. But when you first meet your spouse, there's a fire that's lit, right? Sometimes you have to calm that fire down before you get married, right? There's a, there's a fire going on that, that's lit for, for, your, for your love. And so you... And it, and it burns, and it causes you to do things, right? Now, over time, can that love diminish? Can that love grow cold? Yeah, stuff happens, and <laughs> if you don't tend to that fire, it begins to diminish, and it can grow cold. Uh, why do fires go out? Number one, they're not tended to. 
If you leave a fire on its own, it will go out if it's not tended to. You just leave it alone. And so I think sometimes our hearts, if we don't tend to our hearts, the flame of love that's there begins to grow cold because we're not tending to our relationship with God. Who's the one that's going to keep the fire burning? It's going to be Him. But it's going to be me allowing interaction back and forth with my Savior. Number two, why do fires go out? They don't have any fuel. You need more wood. Eventually, you know, you've got to, have, you've got to put something fresh on there that's going to burn. So spiritually in our lives, we need to be putting something fresh into our hearts to keep the fire burning. What's another thing that keeps the fire going? Sometimes just some movement, right? When you poke it, when you poke the fire, you move it around, kind of shake, stir it up a little bit, you know, change the, change the position of the, of the logs that are in there, that begins to reignite the fire. And sometimes we need to get out of the same old ritual, whatever that is for you. You've got to have some movement in your life. You've got to have some movement in your heart. Are you being moved to new things, you know? Try something different. Say, God, give me something fresh. Give me something fresh in my relationship with you because I don't want my love to grow cold. I don't want to be one of these people in verse 12. God hasn't called me to be one of these people in verse 12. He's called me to be one of the ones that stands firm to the end. That has a white-hot love. Man, that's what I need right now. I don't need to be... Passing judgment, I need to say, God, I need your heart. I need your heart, Lord. We need God's heart right now. We can't rely on our minds. We can't rely on our our intellect or, or our way to figure things out. Or, man, if we could just go back to how it was before, we're not going back. You know, last Sunday I wasn't here and... uh you know, I, I think a couple weeks ago it was, I talked about the Jesus movement. And so last Sunday, my, my church time was I put on some Jesus culture worship and went crazy, you know, did some worship for a while. Well, went, went crazy. I was sitting down in a recliner, resting. But I was going crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on the inside. It's what counts on the inside. And so, you know, and then I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I, I thought about, you know, maybe I'll try to flip on TV and watch some church on TV and... I know some of you are recommending some stuff to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look up the Jesus movement on YouTube. And forgive those who I've already told you this either Friday night or some other day this week. But uh, so I found, you know, there's all kinds of videos on the Jesus movement. So I just click on one that looks old. Um, <laughs> and it says 1972 Jesus movement. 1972 was a while ago, by the way. I was minus four. Okay. <laughs> that was when I was minus four. And so, but it was so amazing because the, the fascinating thing to me, I mean, they had all kinds of people giving testimonies about just, just getting off a drug. All these young people were getting saved. That was the thing. Just the, the young generation came to Jesus in the thousands and thousands and thousands. And there was one of them that got up and gave a testimony. It was so fascinating because... What he talked about sounded exactly like where we're at now. He talked about, you know, 
you know, being addiction and all that stuff, being, you know, trying to find God on my own, you know, through LSD trips and all this different stuff that you could find, you know, you could find God on the inside. You could just, you, you have the answer. You're the one. No, I'm not the one. <laughs> Someone else is the one. And so, talked about the the unrest with the police and, you know, the long-haireds, you know, trying to attack the police. But then he said this, but I like the police now. He said that I used to not want to work. I used to think the problems in our world were all the short-haired people that went to work every day and made a lot of money. Doesn't that sound a little bit kind of like the... Some of the younger generation right now, if we just, all those people, all those rich people making all the money, that's the problem in the world. I was like, man, same thing, early 70s. He says, but now I want to work. You know, and then he talked about, you know, getting delivered from drugs. You know, there's, I mean, it was just fascinating the similarities that the human condition continues to go back to some of the same things. And the only, there's only one answer. It's the same answer. Jesus is still the same answer. The question's being asked differently. It's coming from a different generation, but he, but he is the answer. So you got you, we're not tending to it. There's no fuel. There's no movement. The other thing that'll put the fire out is if there's no oxygen. You need the wind. We need the wind of the spirit. Blowing freshly in our hearts. Oh, I was so reminded of that this week. I, I felt like God, you know, if nothing else, I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning that uh, sometimes we just let, we get, we get stuck going through the motions. And you know what? When we're stuck going through the motions, what's happening? My love is growing cold. My love for God and love for others is growing cold. And I need, a, I, need a, I need to do something. I need to tend to the fire. I need to get some more fuel. I need something fresh from God. I need to ask God to begin to blow on the fire of my heart. Man, when, you're, when your heart is fully alive, oh, people can tell. People can tell. They're going to know whether you're just going through the motions or whether it's the real deal. You know, there's a, there's a I guess it's an old song now. Um, I'll say, I think it's 1987. Um, that's a long time ago, right, Cooper? <laughs> 1987. I, think, I still think it's last week. Um, and I know I've read this before. I'm sure I've read the lyrics to this song before. But this, this is what began to stir in my heart this past week. This is actually the first thing. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's an old song by Petra called Don't Let Your Heart Be Hardened. And uh, I would play it for you, but it's, it, it's so cheesy, 80s sounding, that it would just distract. It would distract you from the message. And so uh, I meant to bring it today so Dan could play it afterwards, but I, I forgot. But... Um, <clears throat> We don't have to do that. Uh, go home if you want to search it on YouTube. It's called "Don't Let Your Heart Be Hard." Don't let your heart be hardened by Petra. Uh, <laughs> and it says this: Don't let your heart be hardened. 
And I didn't even know it said this second part until I connected it later as I was, as I was looking in the Word. Don't let your love grow cold. Oh, excuse me. May it always stay so childlike. May it never grow too old. Don't let your heart be hardened. May you always know the cure. Keep it broken before Jesus. Keep it thankful, meek, and pure. May it always feel compassion. May it beat as one with God's. May it never be contrary. May it never be at odds. May it always be forgiving. May it never know conceit. May it always be encouraged. May it never know defeat. May your heart be always open. Never satisfied with right. May your, may your heart be filled with courage and strengthened with all might. Let His love rain down upon you, breaking up your fallow ground. Let it loosen all the binding till only tenderness is found. Powerful lyrics. Powerful song. A little bit cheesy presentation if you go listen to it. But man, don't let your heart be hardened. Oh, I, lo- I, love the, I love the words there. It was going through my heart. You know, that's exactly a prayer a declaration. I, I mean, I just read that over you. I feel like something was happening in your hearts as I was reading that. That, that we're just declaring that over our hearts today. You know, Proverbs 4 and 23. Uh, Corey, if you want to put this up. Proverbs 4, 4 23. A familiar scripture says this. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it or... From it flows the wellsprings of life. You know, when, when, you're, when, the, when your heart fire goes out, when the love fire in your heart goes out, your life goes out. I look around here, I pretty much know everybody just about here is, is a believer in Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I, we'd love to give you an opportunity to meet Him for the first time and get your heart, get you a new heart. Because that's what we get when we get saved. When we give our hearts to God. He says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll take out your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. What does he mean by heart of flesh? One that's responsive. One that's tender. One that's not hard. You know, we have to be careful that uh, we don't allow those things. That Above all, I want to guard my heart. I want to... I want it to be, uh, may it always know the truth. I want it to always be pure. I want it to be encouraged and forgiving and compassionate. And so today, man, I know we've, I know we've already responded several times, but I don't know, if you just, if you just say, I, 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 need, I need my heart rekindled. I just, I just need... I need I, the fire has grown a little bit cold. Maybe it's the circumstances in your life. Maybe it's the circumstances in our world. Maybe it's just life in general. But uh, 
I want to I believe today that, that God's going to reignite flames in hearts. So I'm going to ask you to be brave. I'm going to ask you to come right up here. I'm going to ask you to come right up here right now. If that's you, come right up here. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Lord. Can we stand and and sing? Um, That was a precious time. Thank you for being bold enough to respond. I I believe every single one of you received something. And uh, there's more to come. I believe it's just the beginning. It's not a... This was a this was a time to spark that, and God's going to continue some of those things. Uh, we're Lord, we we just we're just saying right now, Lord, we're not going to let our love grow cold. God, we will not let our love grow cold. Amen. We're going to be a church that has a white hot love for you and for others. God, we will not let our circumstances determine. We will not let our love grow cold. Our hearts are not going to be hard. God, we're going to stay tender and childlike. Just these words we've spoken from this song, we declare that over us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I live my voice.